Thank you, Jesus. So this morning, we begin a series. In the next few days or couple of weeks to come, we'll be looking at operating in the supernatural, engaging the gifts of the Spirit. Operating in the supernatural, engaging the gifts of the Spirit. Glory to God. Glory to God. First of all, I want us to come with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. That's where we are going to start this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. It says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? Then he says, But we have the mind of Christ. But we have the mind of Christ. Okay, I want to read TPT, 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 2, TPT, 1 Corinthians, the Passion Translation. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16 says, For who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord Yahweh, well enough to become his counselor? Christ has... And we possess Christ's perceptions. We possess the mind of Christ. He says, Christ has intimately known the mind of the Lord. Well enough to become his counselor. And we possess the same mind of Christ. In other words, we know the mind of the Lord Yahweh intimately. Okay? Join me again to 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Verse 20 says, But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. What does TPT say concerning First John? Okay, TPT, First John chapter, chapter 2, verse 20. Verse 20, it says, But the Holy One has anointed you, and you all know the truth. You all know the truth. The Holy One has anointed you, and you all know the truth. I want to start or open up this series by telling you or showing you from the Word of God that you have the Spirit. You have the, the unction from God. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of revelation, the Spirit of knowledge, the Spirit of insight. As a matter of fact, God is omnipotent because God is omniscient. You see, you hear, we hear the, the, the cliche or the, the, the statement that knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. You are as powerful as what you know. You are as powerful as what you know. So God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful because he is all-knowing. 
nothing is hidden from his side he is all-knowing that is what makes god all powerful is that he is all-knowing the 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 omnipotence of god is the foundation of omnipotence and scripture says you have an unction from the holy one what is that unction the spirit he said for the anointing is resident in you this anointing in first john chapter 2 is not talking about an oil it's not oil what god anointed the new creation with is not oil the anointing is a person and the anointing is the spirit of god you have an anointing you have an anointed from by the holy one and you know all things you see that now god is sharing his omniscience with you so if god is all powerful because he is all knowing look scripture says you know all things in other words you share that same attribute with god that's the attribute. now we are talking about operating in the supernatural the gifts of the spirit operating in the supernatural we are talking about you know engaging the gifts of the spirit engaging the gifts of the spirit and we are starting by saying that the believer you and i the new creation in christ jesus has the spirit of god as the anointing or the anointing in him we are the anointed of the lord and what did the lord anoint us with? is his spirit know that the spirit of god is the one that possesses all knowledge possesses all things that god knows the omniscience of god is resident in his spirit that's why scripture says you have an unction an anointing from the holy one and you know all things all right you see everyone we are going to be looking at the reality of the gift all right the reality of the gift everyone in whom the holy spirit is resident is loaded with all the gifts of the holy spirit if you have the spirit of god the person of the spirit of god you are loaded with all the gifts as a matter of fact the gifts of the holy spirit are too numerous to count they are not just nine first corinthians uh, uh chapter chapter is it chapter nine or chapter twelve only captures nine they are more than nine when you go to romans you will see that there are also other gifts of the spirit the gift of the spirit all every gift of the spirit is resident in you as a new creation in christ jesus every gift you are loaded with the gift of the spirit the prophets what are the gifts of the spirit they are the prophets the prophets you are always with the gift of the holy spirit the person listen there is the concept of the gift of the spirit when we talk about the gift that is without the s gift of the spirit is a person and what, who is that person the holy ghost and it is this gift of the spirit that you and i received at new birth from god the gift of the spirit the gift of the spirit of god now 
when the spirit of God enters into you, he enters with the gifts of the spirit. Does this make sense, sons of God? The, you receive the person and the person came with the prophets. The person is the Holy Spirit of God. The prophets are the gifts of the Spirit. The gift of God is the Holy Ghost. God does not give you the gifts of the Spirit. He gives you the gift of the Spirit, which is His Holy Spirit, imputed in us. And this Holy Spirit of God carries all the gifts of God. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7 to, to betray this. 2 Timothy to give us a deeper understanding of what we are talking about. 2 Timothy, oh thank you Jesus. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and verse 7. What does he say? Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance. That's Paul talking. I put thee in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God. You see? Gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. So, the six identifies the gift, not gifts. Singular, gift of God. What is the gift of God? That seven explains what he meant by the gift of God. What does he say? For God has not given us the spirit of fear. So the gift of God is the spirit. But of power. So he has not given us the spirit of fear. But has given us the spirit of power. And of love. And of a sound mind. So the gift of God is the spirit of power. Of love and of a sound mind and what is that spirit of love of, of power and of a sound mind is the holy ghost the holy spirit of god is the spirit of power he said i put you to remembrance that you stir up the gift what do you stir up the holy spirit the person the person so the you, you how do you how do you engage spiritual gifts by stirring up the person that carries all the gifts. When you stir up consistently and constantly the Spirit of God who is permanently resident in you, for your body is the temple of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost is hosted in your body. You are the residential address of the Spirit of God. You are the residential address. Do you notice something? I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Go to first, first John. Let me show you something quickly and we will go back there. First John chapter. Hmm. First John chapter 2. Is it chapter 2 now? Okay. First John chapter. Yes, chapter 2. My little children from verse 1. These things write I unto thee. That he sin not, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for us only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Okay? He has said, he that said, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments. Okay. Okay. Um, look at verse chapter 1. 
chapter 1 from verse 1 that which was from the beginning which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes where is i'm looking for i'm looking for where it says our fellowship is with the father and with the son can somebody get that for me is in first john for sure either verse chapter one oh verse three of which chapter now yes chapter one thank you very much okay that which we have seen first john chapter one verse three thank you bro Femi. that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us that's john writing and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ the question here now is it says our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ did you notice that he did not mention the holy spirit why do you know why he did not mention that our fellowship is with the father with the son and with the holy ghost it is because the holy ghost is already in you and you are in union with the spirit there is no distinction between you and the spirit because the spirit of god is already in you so when you relate with the father it is the holy ghost of god in you relating with god for he that is joined to the lord is one spirit is commingled with the spirit of god our fellowship is with the father with the son and with the holy ghost now go back to that second timothy so he says i put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Alright? By laying on of hands, we activate the gift of God. Alright? Now, verse 7 is said, For God had not given us. So the gift is the spirit, the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. How do you engage spiritual gifts? By stirring up the gift. The spirit, the person, you engage the prophets which are the gifts of the Holy Spirit by engaging or by stirring up the what the person of the spirit. And that person is resident in you. If you Jesus said, the Bible says, if you do not have the spirit of Christ, you are not of Christ. If you do not, every believer in Christ Jesus. One distinction, one pathognomonic sign that a person is a believer is of Christ, is the Spirit of God in him. So there is no believer, no child of God who does not have the Holy Spirit, whether he speaks in tongues or he doesn't speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues is not the evidence of the Holy Ghost. It's not the evidence. If you are a child of God, you have the spirit tongues or not tongues jesus said you shall receive power when the holy ghost has come upon you as a matter of fact power is 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 a pure sign or evidence that you have received the holy ghost 
If power not comes, he didn't say you shall receive power. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he said you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. If you are a believer, you have the person. And the reality of the gift is that if you have the person, he did not come empty-handed. He came with all the gifts. The gift of God in every believer is a person. The person of the Holy Ghost. John chapter 14. Look at John chapter 14, verse 16. John chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus captured it for us. Okay, let me see what TPT says concerning some of those scriptures or verses we have read. Second, okay, Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 6. I'm writing to encourage you to fan into a flame, you see, and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gifts. Singular gifts God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit. So, thank you, TPT. So, the gift there is the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. Okay? Alright. Um, John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Let us see John chapter 14 verse 16. We said the gift is a present. Verse 16 and 17. What does he say? 16 and 17. And I will pray the Father, that is Jesus, before he went to the cross. I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter, another comforter, another. Why another? Someone, the person, the person who will take the place of Jesus. Because Jesus was a comfort to his disciples. So he said, he will give you another comforter. That he may abide with you forever so for how long will the holy ghost stay in the believer forever forever even the spirit of truth so he's called the spirit of truth now why is his you know his name why is he called the spirit of truth his title is the spirit of truth why because he is the spirit of omniscience the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of revelation, he reveals. The speeding, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because he seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Do I have TPT? Please, if you want to post scripture for me, just put post TPT. Okay, I have TPT already. Post TPT because I am reading from King James. You can post TPT and NIV. Alright? So, let's see what, how TPT put it. He says, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me. You see? So, another is someone that is going to take my place, and He will never leave you. Never. Never leave you. Never. He will never leave you. A believer cannot lose the Holy Ghost of God, the Spirit. He will never leave you. He will, you, you, he may be dormant. That's why Paul was writing to Timothy. He says, spare him off. He may be inactive, but he will not leave you. Alright? The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. 
but you know him intimately. You don't just know him, you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside you. Your body, remember, is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The tabernacle of God. You are the tabernacle of the Spirit. He lives in you. You are the residential address of the Spirit. Wherever you appear, the Holy Ghost has appeared. The Holy Ghost has appeared. It is as literal as that. Look at look at um, chapter 16 of the same John. Chapter 16, verse 13. Verse 13 says in King James, How be when he the spirit of truth? He calls him the spirit of truth again. Why? Because he's the spirit of revelation. He's the spirit that guides you into all truth, that guides you into knowledge, the deep things of God. He's the spirit that touches the mind of God. That spirit is in you. That's why the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. Why? Because we have the spirit of God that touches the mind of God, that knows what God knows. If you are able to stir up the Holy Ghost in you, and the Spirit of God searches the mind of God, you will always operate in the mind of God. You will operate with the omniscience of God, with the knowledge of God. And to operate in omniscience is to operate in omnipotence. Because to know all things is to be all-powerful. Knowledge is power. And remember, we are talking about revelational knowledge. We are talking about experiential knowledge in the realms of God. So he said, the spirit of truth, when he is come, he will guide you into what? All truth. Not some truth. All truth. And what is truth? Thy word is truth. The word of God. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. As he searches the mind of God, he will be speaking to you, revealing to you what is in the mind of God. And he will show you things to come. You see, the Holy Ghost is not just going to speak to you. He will show you. In other words, it's not just your ears that will be activated and functional. Your spiritual eyes will be popped open by the Spirit. The person. The person. The ministry of the Spirit. The person of the Spirit. The gift of God. You see, these things are heavenly realities. It is not appropriate any longer to ask or beg God for the gifts. When you have the gifts, it is inappropriate. It is a mark of spiritual ignorance to ask God to give you the gifts of the Spirit. When He has given you the gifts of the person of the Holy Ghost. The appropriate request is to make you have to make the, the appropriate request to make of God or to engage the activation of what your eyes the eyes of your understanding to be opened to see what has been made available the appropriate request we see that in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 to 20 where Apostle Paul was praying for the Ephesian church he said that the that God will give you. Now, we said earlier, some time ago, some months or weeks ago, that with that prayer that God will give you, it's not that God will give you. Because at new birth, God gave you everything that He will ever give you. It is that He will activate in you. Because the spirit of wisdom and revelation is resident in you already. 
the spirit, the seven spirits of God, the, the dimensions by which the Holy Ghost reveals the things of God, those dimensions are called the seven spirits of God. They are the dimensions by which the Holy Ghost brings you into all truth. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of mind, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord, the seven spirits of God. They are the dimensions of God by which the Holy Ghost guides us into all truth. Now, when Paul was praying, he wasn't praying that God will give you. He was praying that God will activate in you that which is already there in you. Because when the Holy Ghost entered, came to live inside the believer, he came with all of heaven. That's why when I pray, I say I am the throne of God. The Holy Ghost is God and he is seated on his throne, he is king. So I am the throne of God, if really the spirit of God is resident in me. I am the kingdom of God, if really the king of kings is living in me. Because the king does not go anywhere without his kingdom. Wherever the king goes, his kingdom is, goes with him. He carries his kingdom along. So I'm the kingdom of God. Alright, so what Paul was praying for in Ephesians is that God will activate the, 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 what? the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The same thing he told for, uh, Timothy that you stir up. That, it is the same thing, stirring up the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In you, this is what you should, you should be engaging to in stirring up. In when you want to pray for the gifts of the Spirit, how do you pray for the gifts of the Spirit? It is by stirring up the gifts or the person of the Spirit. To engage the prophets or the gifts of the Holy Ghost, you stir up the gifts or the person of the Spirit. Activate his function within you. Alright? So you ask for the activation of the spirit of revelation to know the reality of this in a believer. You ask for the spirit of wisdom to understand their functions and applications. You see? To further illustrate this reality as we begin to wrap up this now. The gifts in a believer and thus activate you know, their operation for us to understand I will use an illustration. You see, the husband of a woman has the latest iPhone model and wishes to surprise his wife with the exact same product. Take for instance, just imagine, imagine in your, take, imagine as I paint this picture now, a husband, he has the latest iPhone model and he wants to surprise his wife as their wedding anniversary gift with the same model and is the latest model. You know, uh, my, my nurse where I work said something some days ago that is very funny. He said that <laughs> iPhone, you, can, you can't have the latest iPhone model, that if you go to the market now and buy the latest model, and you plug it before you finish charging it so that you start using it another the higher one will come out <laughs> and i laughed all right and it 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 made sense all right it, it, it only those 
who are content can survive this world because new things will keep coming out. Okay, let's go on. So, three days to the D-Day, three days to their wedding anniversary, the man goes to the dealer and pays for the phone with a receipt issued in his wife's name. Okay? So, after three days, he makes the presentation to his wife. And the woman was so happy. Think about it. The mothers or wives among us here, you receive the latest iPhone model. That's for those who know the what and the, you know, the capacity, what it can do. You'll be full of joy. And that's the, that's the joy of that woman. Imagine that wife jumping and you know, laughing. And this woman is into online business. All right? So you can imagine of what use that iPhone will be to her. All right? But alas, the wife is not fully technology compliant. And so is unable to enjoy the capacity or the functions of that iPhone. He's unable to enjoy it. The fullness of it. So he uses it for text message. He uses it for Facebook, social media to sell his online. She uses it in uh, social media to sell you know, her products online. And that's all that she does with the iPhone. She cannot operate other functions. And this cannot benefit her. Because she does not know how to use the iPhone to its full capacity, she cannot benefit from it. So the wife thinking, no, I need to be able to assess other functions. My life will be better. My finances will be better. This iPhone is, is a world of its own. I need to explore this world. What does she do? She books an hour appointment daily for a week with the dealer so that she can be educated on the operations of her new phone. All right? She books an appointment. And every day, one hour every day the dealer takes her on a course on a journey to understanding the functions of this wonderful gift that her husband has given to her now there are questions and deductions let me ask you a question in view of this short story that i have told you when did the phone become the wife's phone was it when the husband paid for it and got the receipt in her name? Or was it when the husband bought the phone to the, brought the phone to the house and kept it in the box waiting for the D-Day to give it to her? Or do you think the phone became the woman's own when the woman received it from her husband on the anniversary date? There is no catch. When do you think that this phone became this woman's own? When the husband paid, or when the husband brought it home, or when the husband gave it to the woman? Three scenarios. The truth is that the phone became hers in those three situations. But look at how it became hers. It became hers legally when the husband paid and got the receipt in her name even though she didn't know it, that phone was legally her own. Are you getting that? By the reason of her name being on that receipt. 
It became her own technically when the husband brought it into their house. It became her own. And it became her own vitally when the husband handed over that gift to her. So she got that gift legally. She owned it legally, technically, and vitally. And this is how we as believers came to, you know, possess the spirit of God and the gifts that are associated with him. By the way, the Holy Ghost is that iPhone. And the gifts of the Holy Ghost are those functions in the iPhone. Do you understand? Does this make sense? So if you possess the gifts, the person of the Spirit, how can, how can that woman own the iPhone but not have the functions? So the problem is not that she lacks the functions. The problem is the ignorance. She does not know how to operate. And what did she need in order to learn? Education. The phone was never less her own when the husband paid for it in her name than it was when he handed it over to her. It was never less her own. It was her own even when he paid for it as much as when he handed it over to her. The husband's intention of buying it for her and his action of paying for it in her name made it as much her own as when she actually received it. So when Jesus promised us the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost became technically our possession, became technically ours. We received the gift of the Holy Ghost, technically possession in quotes, all right? We were possessed by him and we possess him. One spirit with God. When Christ went to the cross, he paid the price for that gift. And so it became legally our own. We received him and we received all the functions of the spirit, which are what? The gifts of the Holy Ghost. He paid the price and he put our name on the receipt. He put our name there. He put our name. When Christ ascended into heaven at the right hand of God and then released the Spirit, which the apostles received on the day of Pentecost, it became vitally our own. So technically, legally, and vitally, the Holy Ghost is in you. And he is never going to leave. If you have the device, you have all its functions. You have all its functions. You have all its functions. But you are not aware of the gifts of the Holy Spirit resident within you. That you are not aware does not negate the fact that you have them, that you have the gifts. All the gifts of the Spirit are currently resident in, your, in you right now. In you, all the gifts are there. You carry the spirit who has all the gifts. And remember that your spirit has been entwined, intermingled, commingled, according to CPT, with the spirit of God. You will see this thing I have just quoted now in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I think verse 17. 
For he that is joined to the Lord is commingled with the Spirit of God. You have the Holy Ghost. This is the reality of the gift of the Spirit. We are still talking about engaging the gift, living supernaturally, engaging the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Your limitation in the supernatural operations of the Spirit is the product of your lack of information or revelation knowledge of its realities. Our limitation is, 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 is the doing of our revelation. You see, you will be limited to the level of your revelation, to the limits of the revelation that you carry, revelational knowledge of the realities of God. No, TPT. Can you put that scripture in TPT? First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. It's TPT that captured it very well. All right? Finally, the level of benefits or profits you would derive from the Spirit, even when you have become aware, is the function of not just knowledge, but understanding and application of knowledge, which is wisdom. Application. The understanding and application. Now that you are aware, you must put to practice that application. You must engage. The same way this woman went for knowledge. This woman went for education. The same way we go for education. And where do we get our education? The Word of God. The Word of God is the manual of operation of every dimension and every function of God. The functions of the device which we have received into our spirit, the person of the Holy Ghost, it is the Word of God that educates us. The dealer is the Word of God. Go into the Word. And that's what we are doing. We are entering into the Word to assess what? Revelations of the functions of what? Of what we have received. And what are those functions? The gifts. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. So it's not my intention in, in, this, in this series to begin to touch one-on-one -on -one what each of the gifts of the Holy Spirit represents. No. My intention is to take them globally and to let you know that all of them are present in you. My intention is to bring you to that point of beyond every reasonable and unreasonable doubt that because you have the person, you have the profits or the gifts that come with him. Because you have the device, you have what? The functions of that device. God bless you, sons of God. Okay, typically, but the one who joins himself to the Lord is mingled. You know what it means to mingle? Mix water and ink together. They become mingled. You no longer have water alone, and you no longer have ink alone. You have them mingled into one. Say it's mingled into one spirit with him. Sons of God, by reason of your mingling, fusion, thank you, thank you, Madam Vivian, you are fused into one. By reason of your fusion with the Holy Ghost, you possess all the gifts of the Spirit. How do you engage these gifts? By staring the gifts or the, the, the device that carries all those functions.